0: If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or DesignerLooks.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that...
1: Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander.
2: Good day, everyone. Yours truly, uh, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander, brought to you in part by Phil Giannetti Motors, providing quality vehicles for over 50 years. Stop by and give a chip a call. Phone number 724-785-6800, or stop by the website Phil Motors. And we're on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV, channel 77. You're also able to catch us on our podcast page, which is italkradio.com. Dot U.S. And you can also check us out on the website online with BillAlexander.com and I could give you a whole many more domain names, but let's not do that. Let's get started with tonight's program. How's that sound? Anyway, so on the phone right now, we have Mr. Gary Van Dyke. He is from an organization called Food for Orphans. And you can check out his website at foodfororphans.org. And let's say hi to Gary right now. Gary, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great, Bill. Thank you for the invitation to join you tonight.
2: Well, you're very welcome. I'm glad you'd be part of the show. So explain to me what Food for Orphans is all about.
1: Well, we uh, we feed orphans around the world. We, we look for organizations or orphanages or projects that are taking care of orphans and doing a good job. They're just not able to have the funding to uh, provide food on a regular daily basis that's nutritious and healthy for the orphans and we come alongside them and uh, we help them by providing either the food or we provide the funds to purchase the food locally in their village.
2: So is this happening like you said worldwide everywhere even including the United States or just in third world countries?
1: Luckily you pay such good taxes Bill that uh, we uh we have a great foster care system in the U.S. That's at least it's taking care of the orphans and providing the food okay. for them. Uh, it's the, the, or the yeah, that's a whole other story whether or not the U.S. welfare system is broken and there's a, opinions of both sides. Right. So we work with we work with the neediest of orphans in the world, and those are ones in emerging countries, what we used to be called third world countries, countries where there is no kind of foster care system. Where well, the government doesn't come in and swoop you up if mom and dad are killed in a car wreck. If mom and dad die of a car wreck uh, or a disease or war or you're abandoned, in most third world countries, they don't care. The governments don't care. They just let you stay uh, living on the streets or in the woods or uh, anywhere you can. And it's up to you to take care of yourself, it, it, no matter what age you are.
2: So, what made you want to get started and do and, and work with this organization, or actually create this organization?
1: Well, back in two thousand seven, I had been working for a couple of years with uh, another organization, doing some media for them and things like that. And my background's in radio and television. I would
2: have so never. I I would have never guessed that just by listening to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're kind. You're kind. I uh, I I was traveling. To different projects around the world, and this other organization worked with impoverished children as well as orphans, and I, so I was able to I was able to actually see and go to the homes and go to the projects and see how what their life was like and see what their needs really were. And Bill, i will be honest with you, I have never in my life uh, seen such poverty. I thought I knew what poverty was. I thought I'd experienced. Now I'm from Kentucky. Okay. And 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 so I you know, I, I've seen poverty, at least the US version of it. What I had not anticipated was to see the depth and the depravity of the poverty that I saw in a third world country. And so when I when I went around to these projects and I saw them and I came home and I was concerned because I was holding children in my arms who were dying, who were literally starving to death. And we did as much as we could while we were there. But I knew that whatever I did, you know, food only lasts a few days before it starts rotting. And since these kids don't have refrigerators in there. When they were wherever they're living. So I knew that we had to do, if we were going to do something meaningful, it had to be on a long-term basis. And so since 2007, Uh, we've been able to provide over 8 million meals to orphans in 16 different countries.
2: Okay. And I'm looking at your website right now, and it shows that one in nine people in this world do not have enough to eat, which is about 795 million people, people, which is a staggering number to think there's that many people in this world that are going to bed hungry tonight.
1: Well, I, uh, I can give you a figure that I'm, I'm much more familiar with, and that's tonight, 60 million orphans. Those are children who've lost mom and dad, yeah. or mom or dad. Maybe they, they may have lost one or the other, or they've been abandoned. Uh, their parents may still be alive, but their parents have just abandoned them. Uh, we consider those orphans as well. But 60 million will go to bed hungry tonight, and will go to bed hungry probably every night. As a matter of fact, Bill... Uh, every ninety seconds, an orphan starves to death. That's a really painful that, way to go.
2: That is just unbelievable. It, it is.
1: Well, it doesn't have to happen that way. There, there's enough food in the world to feed everyone, and the problem is is logistics. We, you know, these these orphans have no one to care for them, no one to bring them food, and we're talking now. We're talking about children now who are could be one or two years old, right? Uh, I've got. I've, I know. I've met children who are eight and nine years old, who are the breadwinners for their family, for their brothers and sisters. Where they, it's up to them at eight or nine years old to go out and find food for their brothers and sisters, and that is. There's no other solution because the government will not feed them, so that's where food for orphans comes in. We said, we're going to help you. We're going to help you find these kids. We're going to help you. We're going to support the, the projects that, like orphanages, that are taking care of these children. And we're going to make sure that you have food every single day so these kids don't have to suffer like that.
2: What countries are suffering the most?
1: Probably those in the South Sahara area. Okay. Uh, we're in Kenya. Okay. Central African Republic and uh, you know we've been in Zimbabwe and uh, we've been in quite a few countries in South Africa uh some of the other countries they're they're having difficulty but not at the level that they're having there
2: and what is, I mean of course there's just so many people and there's not enough food is there other reasons that are causing this problem is it is it politics is it war is it um, environmental causes what is the some of the reasons why these kids are having this, this difficulty.
1: Well, the, the, the thing about the U.S. mean, I guess this is, you know, i I was born here in the U S raised here in the U S lived here all my life. So this is the only experience I've got okay. the experience I have here is that it's, we, we've got uh, a, we, we, we do tax our citizens. We require them to pay a tax. We require them to pay tax on anything they purchase and an income tax and everything to the tires in your car. And so all of these things are planned out ahead of time to take care of the needs of the people in this country, whether it be to fix the roads or to to scoop up an orphan whose parents have died and have somebody take care of them and be responsible. In a third-world country, they don't have that. They don't have the taxation, so the infrastructure is broken to begin with. They have no way of, of taking care of that. And then you've got people who uh, who, who just uh, just haven't got plans. They just don't have any way of taking care of this, and so uh, they require they they uh, depend on their neighbors to help. And we see that a lot in, in places like Central African Republic, where there really aren't really a lot of orphanages, but there is a uh, kind of a social structure where. If uh, a neighbor's child comes to you and says, my parents died, I need a place to sleep, you're to provide them a corner of your hut and let them sleep there. That doesn't mean you have to feed them or give them anything. It just means that you're required to let them sleep there. And that's about as good as it gets.
2: Okay. And how much how much money does it take to feed a child?
1: Well, we We can only average this out internationally because every country is going to be different. Right. But food for orphans has got it down now to about $0.37 a meal. $0.37, which is the difference maybe between, uh, for you and I, between a large french fry and a medium. Right. Uh, If we were to reduce from our french fry consumption from large fries to medium, we'd have enough money then to provide an orphan an entire meal for that day. Uh, and a, and, a, and a, at foodfororphans.org, people can, if they really want to, they can donate, and uh, we have a, a, a way that they can donate. for those thirty-three dollars a month if you wanted to do something recurring. That would provide uh, that would provide food every single day for three orphans, and that's at thirty-seven cents a meal.
2: Okay. and and and, and the money that you raise. Does it all go to the orphan? Is there some for overhead cost? How does that work out?
1: Well, unfortunately, the electric company will not give me free electricity. <laughs> I have asked them, and they won't do it. Okay. The post office, the post office won't mail my letters for, for free. free. Yeah. So we do have we do have expenses. If the computer breaks down, I have to call someone to come over and fix it. Right. Uh, but 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 we do have overhead costs. But we. You know, I started Food for Orphans in 2007, and and, and Bill, I'll be honest with you. I, I've been a donor ever since to Food for Orphans, which means that the money that I donate, I want to make sure it goes to the right. uh, to the most efficient way possible to care for these children. And so, what we do is we make sure that we cut all of our expenses to the bone. Right. And uh, you don't see me flying first class. Uh, not nothing like that. Uh, you know, and, and I, 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 at 67 years old, I didn't even start food for until I was 55, but it's, and now I'm 67 and, uh, you know, I'm still hanging in there, still doing well mm-hmm. and have got, got some challenges, but we do that for a reason. Uh, I don't have to pay somebody an outlandish executive salary to run this. Uh, I have a very modest income, very small, <laughs> quite frankly, and I, and that's you know that's because we want to have as much of our donors' dollars go to the food as possible. Okay. And even to the point, even to the point of we don't ship food from the United States over there unless that's the only way that we can get it there. Unless that's the only way they can get food, and that doesn't happen very often. But we try to pur- let them purchase the food locally in their in their village so that they could. Uh, actually stimulate the economy in their village and also give them the food they need when they need it.
2: Um, since you've been doing this for uh, since two thousand and seven, have you have any idea how many kids you've fed over that period of time?
1: No, because some of the projects are uh, we don't we don't necessarily uh, filter and say you have to be an orphan now. Whether okay. there's a project, where there's a project, where there's an orphanage, we know that all the children are orphans. Okay, but in places like Central African Republic, where they don't have the orphanages, where the children are living in their neighbors' homes, mm-hmm. and they're living in fields, they're living outside in, in the jungle, uh, we don't require them to, to to prove that they're an orphan. So when we hold, when we feed them there might be a whole bunch of kids from the neighborhood that are eating there. Okay. So we don't really know. That. We know that we've provided over 8 million meals so far since 2000.
2: Oh, wow. So with that 8 million meals and you said that you, you provide them and then you fund other organizations that pro- provide them also, correct?
1: Well, we work, we partner with other
2: organizations
1: okay. because, and that's one of the reasons why uh, I was talking about the, the, the value of the dollar and, and why we protect it so much. We wanted to find a way that we could uh, find these orphanages that are really doing a good job. They're just having trouble meeting the, the, uh, uh, of the nutritional needs of the orphans. We want, so what we did was we partnered with other nonprofits who have a vested interest, interest in these projects and, in the, and the validity of them and the, uh, the wisdom of the, the value of the dollar so it's used properly. So we go to other organizations, find out what orphanages they're working with, which ones have they vetted, which ones do they know for sure is legitimate and is not stealing money off the top. Okay, And then we can could, we could, we could provide food for those orphans without the expense of doing audits and things like that because this other organization is already doing it. So it's, it's good for us, it's good for the orphanage and the orphans, and it's good for the other
2: organization. So th- doing this must give you one, one heck of a sense of accomplishment. Um, is it something that you can see yourself doing for a long period of time, or is this something that you uh, see doing just for a short term?
1: Well, <laughs> I'm in it for the long Okay. Okay. You know, I uh, my wife and I have had a great deal of discussions about the word retirement, and we just <laughs> we just don't see that happening with us. And, and it's because uh, we're, we're we're doing we're accomplishing something. Something's working here really, really well, and that's good. And so I'm really happy with uh, with the fact that I, I I do sleep well at night. To be honest with you, and it's because I know for a fact that there are some children who who would be dying right now if it wasn't for the donors who picked up the phone or went onto our website and, and made that donation because without them, these children would not be around. And there's no reason for these kids to suffer. There's just no reason.
2: So Gary, other than you, who else works for your organization, um, food for orphans?
1: Well, we've had a variety of staff. People love coming here and working and, um, we are simply a pipeline. I'm not a philanthropist. Okay. I don't have any money. Uh, we, we started with $500 that we put in the bank account. And my wife and I have been donors every month since then. But uh, we, we, we we cut it to the bone. Uh, and we keep it as small as possible. And how With m- very, very few, very few employees.
2: How many donors? Do you have any idea how many donors you have right now?
1: Well, we've got donors, I think we've got donors from every state in the union. Okay. And several countries around the world have heard of us, and they've we'll, we, we'll get checks in the mail or somebody will use their credit card online to make a donation from a country uh, in Europe or uh, overseas somewhere. I mean, we're talking about uh, we received you know donations from India, from Pakistan, from uh, all over Europe. I don't know how they hear about us, but they do. And uh, they check us out, and things are, they love the fact that we're feeding orphans. So I'm glad for that.
2: And that that is amazing that people are able to find you. And again, the website is foodfororphans.org. And uh, you're just, you're helping these kids that you've never even met before and, 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 and being able to give them that one nutritious meal a day. And have you heard stories about uh, success stories that have come out of these uh, meals that you provided?
1: Well, I, yes. As a matter of fact, we, uh, uh, my wife and I were, we went to visit one of the larger projects in Zimbabwe that we had just have we just agreed to, to take care of their uh, food needs. Okay, and so we went over. We 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 spoke to the people. And uh, they allowed us to speak to the children as a group. There was about 400 uh, children, who orphans there, that we spoke to. And when, I, as I was speaking, I, I noticed that a lot of them were laying down on the ground, and their noses were runny, and and their, their stomachs were all bloated from malnutrition. Mm-hmm. Their hair was orange, orangey color from malnutrition, and uh, and. When, when I went through the crowd of children and was, you know, talking to them and, and, you know, kibitzing with them and playing around and having fun, I noticed that a lot of them were had high fevers. Okay. And I knew that, I knew that they were very, very sick. Well, we, we, we put them on this program of just providing food for them every day, and we went back two years later and met with the same group, and, uh, of course, they're older now, and there was all kinds of new kids in there, and it was a larger group. But we noticed that the bloated bellies were gone, the orange hair was totally gone, and uh, the runny noses, there were less runny noses, but very few of them had fevers. And we, were, we knew that it was because uh, nutritional food helps children fight off diseases. Right. And we, that's, that's the normal, natural way. And so we definitely saw the reaction and saw what, uh, what can be done. But, Bill, there's, there's, you know, there's children out there. You know, let me tell you about one. one. Uh, her name's Mary. And, and these, these names, some of them are, are American, but that's, that's what they do. They, they just use common names. right? And Mary, Mary lived in Africa. She lived in a one-room mud hut, had no windows, an old blanket for a door. She wore a torn T-shirt that somebody gave her because that's all she had. It was just this one T-shirt. She had two little brothers, and uh, they were all orphaned. They were abandoned. They had to fend for themselves. Every morning, Mary went into the jungle. She looked for mangoes at a mango tree so that she could not not eat them but sell them. And uh, the, the day we met them, they'd only found two mangoes that day. Well, Mary has to go out and do this every day because she's got no other way to feed herself and her two little brothers. And Mary is only eight years old. Wow. And Mary was not in a country where they have orphanages, or I would have taken her to an orphanage and said, Look, y'all take care of her. Right. They didn't have orphanages. This was a country where they just had, where, where children had to find their own way to live. For instance, they would go to a field at night and the children will, would all lay down like a dog pile, and just lay on top of each other just to stay warm mm-hmm. because there's no, nowhere else to live, no one else to take care of them. And that's where we stepped in, and we started a community feeding project Okay, where we know, we know that a lot of kids have parents and they're still eating. That doesn't bother us too much. I mean, it doesn't bother us at all. We, we know for a fact then that the orphans, at least, who have no one to care for them, that They're going to get a meal every day. All right. So those are those are those are the stories of of kids that have actually been under you know, the nutritional program and are able to get good food every day. And someone like Mary who really needs help, right. she needs someone to step in and help them and to be part of uh, someone to provide food for them. Now you know these are not kids that are lazy. You know, the 32-year-old living in their mother's basement.
3: Right. These
1: are these are children. These are kids who who don't have any skills, who can't work, who who just don't know what to do in life. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong for a bunch of grown-ups to get together and say, we'll take care of you. Right. We'll, 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 we'll provide you food. And, and that's, you know, if we can't step up and do that, then we're not much... Of adults. <laughs> yeah. We're not and, much grown
2: up. And I, I agree with you on that because it, it, it has to be heartbreaking to see these kids um, when you first see them before the food programs start. And then, like you said, going back two years later, it has to be heartwarming to see that all the work that you've you've put in has actually benefited a group of kids so they could actually survive and thrive and move on with their lives. Because just the story of them in the middle of a field uh Powelling on each other just to get warmth is heartbreaking if you really think about it. I mean, it, it, it just is, but I hope this will, yeah. it, this will actually educate my audience and a lot of people to understand that this stuff does go on. It may not happen in the United States, but it happens throughout the world and these people need help and they need our help.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, and it's not a, a situation where they've done something wrong. Uh, These are kids whose mother or father uh, or both have passed away uh, either through a a disease or war or an accident or that's been because they've been abandoned. I can't tell you how many thousands of children that I've met whose parents have just walked away and abandoned them. It happens more often than you realize, even in today's world.
2: If you go to the website foodfororphans.org and you look at some of the photographs, these kids, some of them could be your neighbor's kids because there is there really isn't anything distinguishing them from where they live because other than maybe clothing or the environment of the, where the pictures photographed, These kids are kids. They need help. Yeah. And I mean – yeah. As you said in the United States, there is a safety net for for the most part that's provided that that is able to help the kids here, but through that other part other parts of the world, they don't have that safety net because the government feels it's not their responsibility. it's their parents' responsibility. and if the parents aren't able to take care of it, well, unfortunately no one else is going to take care of them either.
1: yeah, and, and you know i and I'm not into politics. And I don't know the reasons why these other countries don't have uh, solutions in place. Right. All I know is they don't have them in place. Right. All I know is these kids are suffering. And it's not like we can, we can change it six months from now at no. election time or something. Uh, these kids have got just a few days before they starve. Right. And so, I, you know, I, I, like there was a, a kid in Central African Republic that we met. Uh, he had what he had a shirt on, and I thought he had bra- a brace on his back, like polio brace. Okay. And I asked somebody about that, and they said, no, that's not a brace. Those are his bones. Ooh. Uh, I thought, oh, what happened? And they said, well, he, when he was uh, a baby, he didn't get the proper nutrition. And so it affected the growth of his bones. And now that he was in our program and he was getting food every day, at least he was not suffering, but he was still living with the consequences of being malnourished as a infant. I'm sorry to have to tell you that 48 hours later, uh, little Stanislaus is his name at nine years old, passed away. Oh. Uh, and it was because not because he was starving then it was because of the damage done by malnutrition as a baby. And so that's the reason why it's important for us to to make sure that these orphans get a chance at life, even when they're little infants, that that it could impact them later on in life if we don't get them the right food at the right time and get them food on a regular basis, reoccurring every single day so that they don't have to suffer and starve.
2: Yeah, that, that just, that's just heartbreaking just to hear that, to hear that these kids that, again, no fault of their own because of a situation you come in, you do the best you possibly can. And even though you've done what you could, sometimes it's a little bit too late to save this child and they still end up passing away again. That is, it's yeah. just, it's just unbelievable that. Um, people. And again, sometimes they don't know better that they let this happen to this younger population because the younger population can't take care of themselves.
1: Well, you know, Bill, I didn't know this problem until I actually went overseas and I met the children and I I met the orphan caregivers and I found out that there was a problem. And when I did the research, we found out that 70% of orphans report that their number one need is a need for food. Wow. That's the number one problem in their life is there's not enough food and it's not fresh and it's not available when they need it. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm, you know, I've got a refrigerator at home and it's full and I've got a pantry that's full and I've got a credit card in my pocket. I've got fast food restaurants all around me and I've got grocery stores around me. I, I, I don't miss a meal. And, and I bet you, I bet you, there's something I could do. Right. And I did the research, and I found out that uh, first off, that nobody was uh, focusing on just feeding orphans, and that, that was that's it was just a cause that I was that I really believed in after I met these kids. Hmm. And I I really thought, well, wait a minute, I I want to do this. I'm going to help them out. And then I'm I, I decided, well, I'm going to ask other people to help me to feed these orphans. And that's how I started food for orphans. I I just. Through it together, and and, and it just came together, and we incorporated here in the U.S., and uh, we applied to the IRS for a 501c3 status, and they approved us, and ever since 2007, uh, we've been looking for orphans to, to help and for orphanages to help, and you would be surprised at how many well, there's over 160 million orphans in the world, and that's not counting the street children. Okay. That's just counting the ones in the orphanage. But the, when you add street children, you're adding over 100 million more street kids who, who have nowhere to live, no one to care for them. And like we said earlier, it's not their fault no. the, that they're orphans. But there's, you know, I, I don't have to be part of the problem, but I can be part of the solution.
2: Right. So what types of food are you able to get for this uh, 36 cents a day um, for a well, meal? What's we, the meal look you're like?
1: You're not going to get well. you're not going to get beef, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, for instance, in Central Africa, uh, it takes 40 hours labor to earn enough money to buy one chicken. Oh wow. So that would be like you working all week long and the only thing you could buy at the end of the week was one chicken.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, so, be- so meat is very expensive. So, what we do is look for alternative ways of providing protein. And there's there's a, uh, probably a hundred ways to provide protein. So we we try to give them a balanced meal. We try to we work with uh, the orphan caregivers to find out what are they used to, what do they like to eat, what okay. what is the social social norm, what is the uh, what do they normally What's the history of this country? What are their, you know, favorite food? Like, there's some foods that uh, we eat that uh, uh, that I've tried. That, uh, it tastes like Play-Doh. Okay, but that's their favorite. That's their favorite food, but it tastes horrible, <laughs> and and I, but, you know, and and, I, and it doesn't have any nutrition. So we we you know we provide that for them, and then we provide them something that's of nutritional value as
2: well. Okay. So, do you have problems getting this stuff into these countries, uh, especially the money to go to these other agencies? Do you have any issues with that? Or are the governments pretty much willing to accept any help they can get?
1: Well, the government, we don't work through the governments. Uh, we work directly with the orphanages. Okay. And so, the, the government, um, they have some of them... <laughs> some of the governments have certain rules that uh, make it difficult for us. Yes. Uh, and some of them, um, don't like us. Some of the, some there are people that don't like Americans. Um, I'll be honest with you. My wife and I have been shot at, uh, we've been, uh, tr- people have tried to kidnap us. Uh, people have tried to, uh, to do us harm. And, um, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because we're American, or if they've heard stories about what we do okay. and expect the money. But uh, there's—it's a challenge. It is a challenge. I'll be honest with you. There are moments when you know I—I I wonder if things are going to turn out well. And uh, uh, my wife was uh, like bitten by a uh, by a wild dog in Africa, and that brings. To mind a lot of fears, and when we got back to America, she had to go through the rabies treatment uh, because we, we did. It was a wild dog; we right. didn't know if they had rabies or not. And so, things like that can happen, and uh, there there are there are challenges, yes. And I believe uh, I believe that we'll be okay, and I believe that uh, as long as the uh, the folks here in the U.S. will help us. Uh, by providing uh, the funding to buy this food we're just going to keep on doing it
2: that what you're doing is just just amazing that you've taken your own life now when you were working in media did you retire or did you just make a total career change
1: well i was in radio and television and i i i I've I been about 25 years in radio and television, and I was doing very well. And I continued doing it after I started Food for Orphans until it got to be so that it was so overwhelming. I had no choice but to stop. So I, I stopped it on my own. Okay. And I had, you know, I had contracts and things like that that I had to, to not renew. And uh, it was it was a, it was challenging and it was difficult and to to leave behind a career that I fell in love with so much and then and really enjoy doing it. But when I saw the the, the the change in these orphans after they had after they were able to get uh, food every day. And uh-huh. we're talking about not just the way they looked and we're not talking we're talking about the we're talking about their demeanor. We're right. talking about the joy in their face. When they knew that they were going to get a meal every day, it just changed them because you know, you and I can be told by the doctor, "Look, we're going to have a blood test tomorrow morning. I want you to fast tonight for twelve hours." We've all done that. Mm-hmm. Don't eat anything after midnight, and it's fine. You know, so I don't get my coffee tomorrow morning or the or the cinnamon roll. Right. Uh, I know that the fact that I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nice lunch anyway. Right. Well, you know what? I can I can fast like that all the time because I know for a fact when my next meal is coming. I know when I'm going to eat again. These orphans. Sometimes they'll take a bite of food, and they have no idea when they'll ever eat again. Mm-hmm. And they don't see it coming. They don't know where it's coming from. They don't know how they're going to find it. They don't know where it's, when it's going to get there. They don't know when they're going to find food. <clears throat> and, and, Bill, that adds a great deal of pressure and strain, and you can see it on their face. There's There's no joy, no happiness. There's fear, scared to death. Right. And because they don't know what's going to happen. And then there's also that, that, uh, gnawing in their stomach, that, that hunger that never goes away because they can never get enough to eat. They can only, you know, they only get a, a bite or two maybe on their own. And when, when we, we, when we, when we, uh, agree to fund an orphanage, uh, to provide them the food and to, and provide them the funds to buy the food. We want to make sure that they are able to to get enough. We okay. want to make sure that these kids they don't they're not just given two bites and that's it. They're given a full meal,
2: and it's consistent, correct?
1: Oh yes, that's that's part of the necessity. We have to be consistent. We have to we have to we have to have first off donors who are reoccurring. Okay, donors who will continue to give month after month because. Because, you know, I look at it this way. I'm going to eat every day, so why should I at least help one or two orphans eat every day? It, it's so easy. I mean, it's so easy. It's, it's not a lot of money, and it's so easy to do it on our website. Right. And so that's, that's what we're asking people. You know, people don't have to do this. There's no, no one's going to look over your shoulder. No one's going to say, thank you. No one's going to say, boy. Right. It's just going to be between, between you and God. And the orphan. Yeah, that's it.
2: So when you went to your wife, you said you were leaving radio. You told your wife about this. What did she say?
1: <laughs> My wife is probably the greatest woman in the world. Uh, she said, "Well, if you believe in it," and she said, "Then then do it."
3: Okay.
1: And uh, she's uh yeah. There's there's been times when she was the breadwinner in the family for a while there. And so it was important that uh, that she does she have an agreement to this because I wouldn't you know I depend on her for her wisdom too so I'm not I wouldn't have done it if she had said there's a red flag here. Uh, she was also concerned about the orphans. She's she's had been to visit these projects as well. Okay. She's seen them. She's met them. She's held them in her, her arms. Uh, she's held dying children in her arms as well. And so she knew the great need and. Since two thousand seven, she and I have been donors to Food for Orphans as well. So we're talking about not only asking other people to donate, but we're donors as well.
2: Yeah. Usually organizations like yours have reached out to people of notoriety, say celebrities and that have have you have anybody speaking on your behalf that would be classified as a celebrity?
1: Well, we we don't have anyone who's speaking for us we' we do have some celebrities who have uh, partnered with us okay. and, and are helping are helping to feed orphans and uh, uh, you know to toss names out uh, you know the uh, the gentleman who owns my pillow yes. he you know he's funded us and uh, Stephen Baldwin and uh, Haley Bieber and you know Justin Bieber's wife uh-huh. and Uh, she and her, uh, she and her father, Stephen Baldwin and their family, uh, Alec Baldwin's daughter, they've been to her, they've been to our project. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They've, they've been, they've gone with me to visit the orphan projects and they became donors and they became supporters of food for orphans as well, because they've actually seen it with their own eyes and they know the, 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 challenges that are, that are faced out there in the real world. So I would love to have more, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure you would, but again, that's that's impressive right there that they've actually gone with you to see what you're dealing with on a regular basis. Now, how many times do you go to the go to the orphanages a year to uh, to see what's going on, to monitoring where the food's going to and everything?
1: Well, my, between the two of us, we used to take about six to ten trips a year. Okay. But uh, the past few years have been a little tougher on me. I've, uh, uh, about s- six months after uh, we started food for Orphans, my wife uh, developed breast cancer.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. And you're... so she had
1: to go through radiation, and mm-hmm. she went through chemo, and she went through surgery. And about uh, four months later, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. And then uh, about about four months after that, five months after that, I was diagnosed with a second form of cancer that was totally unrelated to the first kind. And then about two years after that, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So the Parkinson's is taking uh, its toll on me as far as uh, taking my energy away and and creating some challenges for me. So I don't travel as much as I used to, but the nice thing is in the day that we're in, we can pick up uh, uh, our computer or a laptop and then you know, open up Skype, and in, in, in an instant, I've got uh, Zimbabwe on Skype, and okay. we're talking, and we're finding what's going on, and, and uh, you know, we work with these people, and I know them, and I know their families, and we, some of them we talk to on a regular basis, because we want to find out what's going on, what your needs are, what's how are you doing, and then we've, we've gone to, for, for the earlier years, we went to the project's every couple of years just to make sure that we were making, uh, audits and making sure that everything was the way it was supposed to be. Okay. And you know, and the honest, you know, the, the, full clear story is for the most part, we've never encountered a single problem, uh, with any of the projects. Uh, but we've been cautious and we have encountered uh, one or two projects that, uh, we had to just, we, we just said, we're not going to fund you because, uh, we found out that they were dishonest, okay? And so, but that, that's the reason why people should not send their money directly to the projects because you don't know for sure whether it's a legitimate project or not. And we go we go to the nth degree to make sure that these are legit projects that there's no money skimming off the top, that they're spending the money the way they're supposed to. The kids are getting the food the way they're supposed to. and uh, and that's that's part of the due diligence that we have to be best stewards we can of our, of the donors donations.
2: And just to hear the, the, uh, the challenges that you've been through over the last few years, you and your wife, the normal person would have just said, you know what? I got to deal with my own problems. I can't deal with someone else. You must be one heck of a special person to be able to put your stuff aside and still keep working with the organization to keep these kids fed.
1: No, 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 I'm not special <laughs> at all. I know. Well, on I this know,
2: side of the mic it sure sounds like you are.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but really, uh I I like I said, I've met most of these children and and there's thousands of them that we that we provide food for and we want to make sure that these kids don't suffer because I know that it doesn't take but a few days with with no food and they're in real real deep Right, and uh, they're going to be in, they're going to be in pain. They're going to be uncomfortable. Now I know how uncomfortable I am if I miss lunch. Right, and I can't tell you, you know, the the, the I what, what would it be like to not know when your next meal is coming and to miss food day after day after day. A lot of these kids. Well, I went to a I went to a school, uh, and there was like two hundred kids in each classroom. It was amazing. I mean, they were crammed in there, like you wouldn't believe. And I noticed that about one out of every three or four kids had their head down on the desk. And I went to the teacher and I says, cause you know, I was kind of a ruffian at school. I get in trouble quite a bit. Right. And, uh, and so I said, are these kids in trouble? Did you have them put their head on the desk? And the teacher looked at me and looked at the kids and she said, no, she said, they just haven't eaten in a couple of days. And I thought, oh my word, these kids are hurting. They can't even hold their head up right. because they're so hungry, and th- and they were they were beginning to they were beginning to weaken because of the lack of food. Mm-hmm. And I I, I thought, you know, I'm going home and I'm I'm going, you know, back to my lifestyle of eating every day, three meals a day. And I said, if if I can't help them, then I don't deserve to eat as well. Uh, And so I made a decision that I'm going to do whatever I can for as long as I can to help them, help as many as I can. Because the thing is, is that they do grow older. They do age out of the system. They do get to be 18, 19 years old. They're off on their own. But, Bill, there's always another flood of children coming in whose parents have passed away or have been killed or have abandoned their children. And these kids need some help. We don't help the ones that don't need help. I promise you, okay. we don't. We don't. We don't do that. We only help the ones that need the help.
2: I think one of the toughest things for me to hear because I have, uh, I have, I have three kids of my own, and imagining them when they were younger trying to fend for themselves to try to get a meal, if there was no one there able to help provide it to them, is just unbelievable. Because I can't imagine that. And again just having an organization like yours just providing one meal a day is a benefit that these kids probably would not know of if you guys weren't around
1: well i i i would hope that there would be more people and more organizations if we weren't around but we're doing what we're doing and we're going to continue doing it we uh i when i was in the dominican republic i met a girl named claudia uh her mom was a prostitute, and her mother had abandoned her. She, of course, she, or that she had no idea who her father was. Okay, but the, she was abandoned because the child had cerebral palsy. She couldn't walk, and her mother didn't have money for a wheelchair, so she spent her entire life lying on the floor. Her little brother would take care of her; or would bring her food. Uh, if uh, sometimes a concerned neighbor may intervene and um and but but eventually somebody found out that she was just laying on the floor and they called the local orphanage for help the local orphanage that we work with went there they found the children uh claudia was laying on the floor covered in her own feces and she had sores all over her body and being rescued was these orphans only hope the mother abandoned the children she didn't care about them anymore right but today claudia and her brother they, she's got her wheelchair they're the brothers she and her brother are healthier they're happier they don't worry about where they're going to get food because they know every day they're going to get food and uh, food for orphans is making sure that these kids don't have to suffer anymore because of again grown-ups who are screwing up and messing up
2: yeah and the one, the one thing I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned about the young lady with cerebral palsy, do you guys also provide medical care, or it's just food only?
1: Well, we 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 made a decision that we we there's a, so much that we could do that if we provided other things besides food, then there would be orphanages who we we would not be able okay. to help because we didn't have money. So we made a decision that if it's nutritional based, and that may mean that we go out. and dig them well for water okay we might, re, we might we might give them a stove or might give them dishes uh we, but we'll provide them food nutrition anything to do with nutrition uh we'll work with
2: okay and that i mean that makes sense because again there's so they probably have so many needs that you have to to be focusing on one because if you try to fix everything you're not going to do that job very well so if you're going to do yeah. one do food do food do medical care whatever it is and i'm sure there's other agencies out there that are providing medical care in some cases with the same kids you're dealing with
1: well you know i uh, when i first started food orphans i talked to god about this i didn't do this on my own and uh, i really felt like god was pushing me in this direction and i felt like well you know they've got so many other needs and I just felt like God was saying, well, you know, you do one thing and do it well, and I'll be, I'll be pleased. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to do one thing and do it well. I'm going to provide food for orphans. And as a matter of fact, that's what we're going to call the organization, <laughs> food for orphans. And it's worked out pretty good.
2: Well, that's good. That's good. So, uh, Gary, uh, it's hard to believe we've been talking for almost an hour now. <laughs> and uh, so Food for Orphans is the website. And it's foodfororphans.org. And you are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And you are looking for donation. You can donate directly online. And you can uh, be a part of this wonderful organization and help Gary out if, uh, if you're so inclined to. Is there anything you'd like to tell my audience before uh, I let you go tonight? Well, there's,
1: there's some simple facts. Uh, We know for a fact that there's about 163 million orphans in the world, plus the number of street kids. We know that uh, every 90 seconds an orphan is going to starve to death. We know that 60 million orphans will go to bed hungry tonight. And I also know that there's a whole bunch of kids out there who are able to sleep tonight because they got food and they know that they're going to get food tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And it's not just the kids, it's also the orphan caregivers who are able to sleep at night because they know that they're able to, because they're doing this from the heart. They're doing it emotionally. There's, they, we don't have professional uh, orphanages out there. These are just people who, whose neighbors passed away and they brought their kids over and said, look, y'all stay with me now. Well, now they've got an orphanage. And, uh, and they're, so they're volunteering to do this. We've got orphanage, orphanages, every one of our orphanages started that way. And we've got orphanages that were just a mom and a dad and their own kids bringing other kids in. And now they've got a hundred children living in their home. And, you know, they have to bust out the walls. And in a lot of these countries, they make their own bricks and things like that. So they are able to do that. But, you know, when somebody is willing to put it on the line like that, then I can do my little part. I can do my little part by writing a check. And so my little part, is nothing compared to what these other people are doing. And I am so grateful to them, and I'm gonna I'm gonna support them and do the best I can for these kids. And there's nothing at all wrong with helping somebody, you know, have a meal that uh, that deserves it and, and can't take care of themselves.
2: Well, Gary, I appreciate you taking the time tonight to talk with us, and I am, um, I am, I don't know what the word to you, I I am just. Uh, let's see, what, how do I want to put this? Because I'm just so impressed with everything you've done that you are, are, are putting these kids needs before your own, that you're trying to get these kids at least one meal a day. And you've, you've provided millions of millions of meals over the last 12 years and probably hopefully millions more over the next 12 years. Again, you're a very selfless person. And it was an honor to have you on the program this evening.
1: Well, thank you, Bill. You're quite generous, and I appreciate your kind words, and I do appreciate your listeners and those that will go to the website and uh, make a difference in the life of an orphan.
2: And again, the website address is foodfororphans.org. I'll place that on my website and also on my Facebook page. So everybody can check that out. Again, foodfororphans.org. Gary, thank you very much for taking time this evening. I really appreciate it. And uh, please keep in touch so we know how everything's going with you. Thank you, Bill.
1: I appreciate it very
2: much. And uh, hopefully uh, you have a good night, and we'll talk to you sometime in the near future. Thank you, sir. Thank have you. Good- have yeah, Bye-bye. Gary Van Dyke, foodfororphans.org, uh, a, a great organization. Um, I found him online. Uh, He, again, you guys know my connection with former media, that his story was very interesting to me because a guy that had everything gave it up to go help other kids that he didn't even know in these these underdeveloped countries that he is providing meals for these kids. And it's like 36 cents a day. And if you're able to help, please do so by going to foodfororphans.org. Let's do that again. Okay, Bill, you can talk. Foodfororphans.org. Again, foodfororphans.org. So, again, thank you very much, Gary, for being a part of the program tonight. And don't forget, guys, you're listening to WMCK.FM. And you're also watching us on Fayette TV Channel 77. These interviews, they just go by so fast. There's so many more questions that I would love to be able to ask, but we just don't have enough time in an hour, right? Anyhow... Uh, as we've been talking over the last few weeks, we've been talking about Phil Gianetti Motors. He is the official sponsor of Online with Bill Alexander as we are broadcasting live from the Phil Gianetti Motors studio uh, here high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're getting ready to brand everything. The new web address is iTalkNet. Dot com. And if you look what up oh, this side right here, if you look right there, there it is. I, you know what? I can't figure my left or right when I'm, when I have a camera in front of me, but anyhow, Hey, let me give you an idea of what's going to be happening in the next few weeks on the program. I put a Facebook post up the other day and I was just feeling to see who I could talk to that I haven't talked to before. And what's really interesting about it, you've been part of the program. We talked to Sally Wigan. You've been part of the program. We talked to Jeff Frizzella. You've been part of the program. We talked to Clark Ingram. We talked to all these people in media. So the other day, I reached out, and I got more people coming to the show. I'm really excited. Coming up on the show in the next coming weeks, we have Dean Connors formerly of WASP-FM and also Froggy, and we also have... Jimmy Roach is going to be on the program, too, real soon. Remember Jimmy from Jimmy and Steve on DVE? Also then went to DSY and then at uh, ASPFM and Froggy, and now retired. We also have coming on WDAD News Director Sean C. Ross. Uh, he'll be on part of the program. We also have uh, coming up, who else do I have? I have Chris Lash, who is a station owner out of Tennessee that worked in the Pittsburgh area. I also have Big Daddy Dave Dragason. That's the one I'm looking forward to because when I worked at local radio station, everybody talked about Dave Dragon. I never had the opportunity to meet him. Well, we're going to be talking to him on the program here real soon, and we're going to be talking to a lot of guys. Even some kid by the name of Bill Brasky out of uh, out of State College will be part of the program. Uh, coming up here in the next few weeks, but we'll keep that posted for you, looking forward to doing that, and hopefully you'll be able to join us. We also have some more authors coming in, and we're going to be talking to a mother um mother and son team. Uh, it's either next week or the following week, and we're going to be talking about uh, PR and marketing online. So if you guys want to start a blog, these are the people to listen to. So we'll do that. I need all the help I can get. That's why I have them on the show. But uh, that's going to be it. we we got a lot lined up through the month of May, and we're getting ready to book for the month of June. So uh, if there's anybody you think I need to talk to, let me know. I'll be more than happy to do it. And uh, you can email me at uh, bill at billalexander.net. Again, that's bill at billalexander.net. And don't forget to check out the website italknet.com, and also check out onlinewithbillalexander.com. And don't forget I produce a program on WMCKFM, also called America's Classic Standards, that airs on the weekends and uh, throughout the week on WMCK, playing that great music from way back when. And of course, Online with Bill Alexander, which is on WMCK every Tuesday at nine every Thursday at noon and every Sunday at five and on Fayette TV pretty much all the time, (laughs) but Tuesdays at nine and Thursdays at nine. So uh, check us out. Please join us. If you uh, like the show, please tell a friend. If not, it was a bad figment of your imagination and I'm out of (laughs) here. That's going to do it for night. There's a possibility we'll be back in next, uh, actually, this Thursday. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, We're working on a guest for this Thursday night. We'll see if we're going to be able to join us. If you can join us, thank you very much. If not, we'll talk to you next time. Here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander.
1: It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs, or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.
0: Just when I finish my to-do list... We need more chips, Mom! Honey, I need... A lot of chicken. Something else comes up. That's when I use Instacart to help get everything we need from BJ's Wholesale Club. Delivered right to our door in as fast as one hour. And then finally I can relax. Mom, I think we're out of toilet paper. Time for another BJ's order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get $10 off your first order using the code BJ's Wholesale 10 Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $35. Additional
3: terms apply.